What is up, you guys? And welcome to the Beneath the Armor podcast, where we discuss what goes on beneath the metaphorical armor we put on every single day to mask as typical functional humans when really we are all just big weirdos deep down inside. We talk about mental health, how we really feel. We get into the nitty gritty feelings of what it means to be a human being. So thank you so much for being here on today's episode. I'm excited to have you. All right. Hello, friends. Welcome back. If you're not new here and welcome here, if this is your first time, I am so excited that you're listening to this podcast and super, super grateful to have you. I am incredibly excited to talk about today's topic, mental health and fitness. My God, this is basically my entire life. So I'm going to get like a little bit more specific, but in particular, right off the bat, I am going to dive into my own story about fitness, movement, my background, and how fitness has specifically both made and broken my relationship with myself and had both a positive and negative impact on my mental health. There is a lot of nuance in this conversation. It is the entire basis of why I do what I do. And for those of you who don't know, I am a registered kinesiologist with a background in exercise psychology. I have over a decade of coaching in various modalities. My goodness, with group sports, CrossFit, weightlifting, hit studios, a yoga, my God, martial arts, like it's, it's a, it's a slew of stuff, but ultimately I've learned a lot in my Uh, 28 years of being physically active. And I would like to share some of that with you all today and and just hope that perhaps some of the things that I help can be helpful to you or wherever you're at on your fitness or your mental health journey, whatever your relationship is with either of those two things, that perhaps there's something in here that um, helps you out and, and, and makes you feel validated or like you're not alone in how you feel in either of these two areas or both of them together. Because Fitness and mental health are both extremely, extremely hard. It takes immense vulnerability to dig deep and talk about mental health, which is stigmatized, but it's also incredibly hard and takes vulnerability to walk into a gym or to start a new movement journey. But fitness is actively promoted as something that we should be doing, in my opinion, in society. It's pretty common that There are messages around us in the world telling us that we should be more active. We should be going to the gym. Hell, we should be looking a certain way. Whereas mental health is stigmatized and not talked about as much. Sure, that's improving. But these two things really go hand in hand. And I want to talk about that today. So we're told fitness is good for you. But is it always? That's kind of the topic for today. When is fitness in fact, bad for you? And when is it actually helpful? And so to give a little bit of a backstory on this, um, I want to be honest, fitness is like a really hard topic for me for someone who literally does it for a living. (laughs) It's, It's a sticky subject. Everyone's kind of got an opinion about it, especially if they're a professional in the industry. And so I am only going to talk about things today that are relevant to my story. I'm not going to talk about what anyone else's experience might be, but this is my own personal story, things I have experienced. And so again, if you find this 
uh, relatable, amazing. I love that for you. I'm so excited. That's my whole intention here. So let's jump right into it, friends. So I was always an active kid. I'm going to be honest. I started activity at a very young age. My dad was a long distance runner and ran competitively. My mom was the jack of all trades, but did triathlons. She was a swimmer, a cyclist. She ran both my parents like played sports. My dad played basketball. They played tennis, you name it. My parents did it. And so I'm also an only child. So grew up in an environment where being physically active was absolutely the norm. I was not raised where I was expected to be like the star athlete, but certainly being physically active was something I grew up with. And so in school, I was um, involved in every single kind of sport. I did ballet when I was really little and gymnastics, very, very little. Let's like get that straight. Like three-year-old gymnastics, not like doing back backflips and things. I like did a somersault off one of those foam triangles. Like that's, that's my peak gymnastics. <laughs> but rapidly got switched over to martial arts when my, my mom realized that was a better fit for me in all likelihood. Ballet, not so much. I have this amazing photo of me wearing all black standing on the bar with all the other like pretty little kids wearing pink. Yeah, no, martial arts, definitely the way to go. Went into karate and then taekwondo and all throughout school. Uh, I ran track and cross country. I played tennis. I did volleyball. I played ultimate frisbee and rugby. Like I was an athletic kid. I want to just like put that out there. I did really well in gym class. I was definitely athletic, but I was never the star athlete. And I, again, I'm only going to talk about my fitness, my fitness experience from my own personal lens. And my lens was the one of oh man, I've got to be good at this because my parents are active and I, I don't want to let anyone down. And I, I think I enjoy movement, but I definitely have to be good at this to succeed. Was anyone else told the lie about gym class being important for your future? Like you had to get an A in gym class in order to get into university. Was anyone else told that lie? <laughs> Is that lie still going? Spoiler alert, if you are still in school and you are not getting an A in gym class, don't worry, it will not affect you getting into university. I am going to generalize with that statement. It does not matter. You're going to be fine regardless. I promise you. But I digress. So I was the athletic kid. Now, I really, really struggled with honestly feeling like I fit in in any kind of athletic dynamic. I was never the MVP. I was not the team captain um, for most sports. I, I kind of just fit in. I was a part of the team. I was athletic enough, but in the back of my head, there was always this inner voice that was like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm like, I just never felt like I fit in. I wasn't a talented enough runner for the elite runners. I wasn't tall enough for the volleyball players. I wasn't like strong enough for the, for the rugby team. Like I always kind of felt very middle of the pack and very average overall. I also didn't like competing that much. I'm a competitive person, but I just got anxiety every single time I like entered a tournament or stepped out onto the court field, I never field less so, but like whatever, anxiety was rampant. The one thing that I actually really did enjoy was the training. So I played on a bunch of team sports, but I recognized that I really actually liked the fitness more than the competition part of playing sports. And rapidly, 
started to do some fitness with my mom at home. We had two stationary bikes on our basement and we would put on a spin DVD had like three people spinning on it. And I can't remember the instructor's name, but I wish I did. And my mom and I used to call them our friends, these people on this DVD. We'd get on the bikes, we'd sit on our bikes and we would just sweat our asses off in the basement and do the same DVD over and over again. And we're like, time to go down to the basement with our friends. And it was so much fun. It was the best time. I loved the workouts leading up to the competition, but then when it came to competition time, I was like, this is not fun. I am not having a good time here. I, I just want to sweat and go home. <laughs> and so now as an adult, I, um, I found CrossFit admittedly. I joined a couple like boutique gyms with my mom. I, my mom and I were workout partners for a long time and I loved CrossFit for the value that it gave as like fitness being the sport. Working out became the sport. And then naturally I was like, well, maybe I'll compete in fitness. And then that made me feel anxious all over again. So I recognized through this, and this being like a very superficial overview of my experience with like sports and athletics, I recognized that there were some areas where I felt really deeply anxious. I felt like I didn't belong. I noticed all these perfectionistic people-pleasing tendencies coming out. Like I had to impress my coach. I had to impress other people on the team. I wasn't good enough as I was. If I made a mistake, I felt like a failure. I felt like people were going to judge me and shame me and that I wasn't going to be good enough. I, oh, I, got, I was afraid of being benched. I was afraid of basically just like looking like a fool. It's kind of the bottom line. I wanted to melt into the walls and disappear every single time I, I made a mistake. And I recognized that those feelings would come up in really specific situations. And over time in the last probably 15 years or so, I've learned more and more when those patterns arise and what they look like. And for me, the times where I felt really stressed out in a fitness setting oftentimes looked like when I was surrounded by people who would make commentary if I did something differently. So if I wanted to do something, whether in the gym or on a team sport, a different way, I would have people come up to me and go, oh, you're too good for the workout or like what? You're not strong enough to do this. Like, why, why are you resting? You don't need to rest. You're an athlete. And that brought up feelings of, of shame in me. Like it was wrong for me to rest and wrong for me to take breaks. And I recognize that now I didn't recognize that in the moment, but I certainly do now as an adult. Another thing that I noticed gave me stress and anxiety in a fitness setting was when there was competition on the table and naturally in team sports, that's going to be the case. But how many of you have ever been at a gym or in a fitness class before? And the kind of workout you do is one that reminds me of a CrossFit setting where maybe it's a, an AMRAP. For those of you who don't know, it's as many rounds as possible or something for time. You've got to complete a series of reps, a series of movements as quickly as possible to try and get the best time or the best score. And that in and of itself, again, gave me this feeling of anxiety that if I didn't either beat my own last score or beat the people around me, that I wasn't good enough. And I did CrossFit for, for a long, long time. 
And I um, remember there's a, an app that's used to track workout scores called, well, there's several of them, but there's one called Wattify. And after every workout, whoever's coaching the class goes, so-and-so, what's your score? So-and-so, what's your score? And after a while, I was like, I really don't want to score my workout. What if I just want to do the workout? What if I just want to do this for fun? What if I just want to do some squats and go home? Like, who cares how many rounds I did? Like, what if I just felt good today? And it turned on this light bulb in my head that I recognized I really didn't like competing when it came to my own fitness. I like competing with myself, but if I want to track my workout, I can. And if I don't, I won't. And that's okay to me. And so I recognize, okay, when I am put in a position where I have to give a score or I'm put in competition with other people, that doesn't make me feel good. When I have the choice and the autonomy to set my own goals and move in a way that works for me and it's not scored or tracked, that makes me feel good. Okay, I'm learning more about what works for me here. Another thing that I learned that was really, really important to what made me feel good or bad was my own goals and motivation. And this is kind of a loaded, a loaded piece to this because it takes a little bit of digging. Now, at the start of this podcast, I said, well, fitness is good for you. We all know this. We're like, okay, movement's important, movement's important, movement's important. But I, I beg the question of anyone listening to this, is it always good for you? What is your why? Why do you work out the way you do? Are you doing it because you are afraid you're not going to be good enough if you don't? Do you feel you're not good enough if you don't work out? Do you feel like you would be happier or would be better if you looked a certain way or lost weight? Because these are the narratives that we're told in society. We're told that we should look a certain way and have six pack abs. And it's just not realistic. That shit is Photoshopped. Let me tell you, as someone who like, I have had abs, they will never look the way you see in magazines. That shit is Photoshopped. Those people are dehydrated. They are starved and they feel like garbage. So even if that's helpful in this podcast, like, please, please know and hear me as a fitness professional. When I tell you that what you see on magazine covers and on Instagram is really, really good lighting and a really good day with no food or water in that body whatsoever. It's, it's one moment, I promise you. So this comes back to the question at hand, what was my motivation or my goal? And I learned, I had to do some digging, I had to do some really hard work. And I realized that when my motivation was extrinsic, so for a medal, for someone else's opinion, for coaches validation, for other people to think I was athletic, for other people to give me that praise of, wow, you're so strong, you're so talented, you're so good. That is where the stress and anxiety hit. Again, when my motivation came from an external place, something outside of myself, I felt overwhelmed. I felt like my, the bar was never gonna be hit and ultimately beat myself in, down into the floor. I felt like I couldn't win. If I hit the bar, then I had to hit it higher next time. And if I missed it, then I wasn't good enough. It was in the moments that my motivation was internal and intrinsic, AKA, I do this because it's fun. I do this because I want to. I do this because eh, I, 
I kind of like getting stronger just for me. Maybe I want to look a little different, but for me, not for anyone else. When my motivation came from that place, I felt excited. I felt like I had a purpose. I felt like no matter what I did that day, it was a win no matter what. Because just by showing up, just by walking in the door of the gym, or just by doing a single squat, you've already won the day. You've already got got so far. You've already done more than you set out to do sitting on the couch that day. And that's not to say that every single day you need to do that. But if it gives you joy, amazing, power to you. So what does this lead us to and what, what might be helpful for each one of you? Well, in unpacking what specific things made fitness really hard for me and what things made fitness really fun for me, it made me think of an an analogy in a book called Come As You Are. I was just listening to an amazing, uh, a different podcast, actually. It was uh, Glennon Doyle's podcast with Abby and her sister, Amanda, called We Can Do Hard Things. Uh, and they were interviewing Emily Nagoski. I want to say that's her last name. So if I screw that up, I'm so sorry. But there's this amazing analogy that's relevant to, it's used in the context of sexual desire and turn-ons and turn-offs. And that analogy is what are your brakes and what are your accelerators? There are things that make a, that put on the brakes when it comes to, in our case, fitness and things that put on the accelerators, things that make us want to do more or feel good, things that turn us on when it comes to fitness effectively. And then there are things that halt the brakes and make us feel like we're not good enough, make us slow down, make us freeze up and tense up. And that can lead to injury. That can lead to pain, debilitation, exhaustion, burnout. So for the rest of this, we're going to unpack a little bit of what might be your accelerators and your personal brakes when it comes to fitness. And we're also going to dive into that a little bit more of a scientific level. So when it comes to brakes and accelerators, let's take this to a nervous system approach. When we exercise, yes, fitness is generally good for you, but it affects our nervous system and movement in and of itself can have an effect on our central nervous system and our parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system. So a lot of of nervous system talk there. Let's break it down. Basically, this is our fight or flight response. This is our stress response. Fitness for different people can have a different effect on our nervous system and our stress response. When we're too stressed out, we have an increase in cortisol, and that can leave us feeling over time burnt out, exhausted. This can lead to things like long-term injuries or keep us in this elevated state of arousal where we're unable to calm down, breathe, relax, repair, and recover. We don't want to be up there all the time. In fact, we generally want to be in a state of parasympathetic, calm, relaxed, recover mode. That's where the healing happens. So how do we find this balance? What, What is there what works for us is ultimately the question at the end of the day here. What makes us feel good and doesn't cause us to go into a stress response in a negative way for us? And what causes us to have a good stress response, a stress response, um, one that makes us feel like we've accomplished something, we are proud of ourselves, we're, we're moving forward with some kind of intrinsic goal. So I'm gonna talk about mine and hopefully 
Maybe this gives you an exercise where you can reflect on what your own breaks and accelerators are and find a mode of fitness that works for you because you can have fun with fitness. You can enjoy it and it not be this daunting task or this errand that you have to check off your to-do list just because you know it's good for you. So you, you feel like you have to do it. If you hate broccoli and you know broccoli is good for you, doesn't mean you're not going to resent broccoli every single time you eat it. You're going to eat it with, you're going to eat it begrudgingly and then be like, oh, thank God I've earned my chocolate now. We don't want to do that. That's no way to live our life. So how do we actually find broccoli fun or fitness fun or food fun? Doesn't matter what it is. All that matters is you feel good and you feel healthy and you're happy in your own skin. At the end of the day, that is all that matters. So let's start with our breaks. And here's the reason I'm starting with our breaks. You can find all the things that work for you until the cows come home. But if the presence of breaks are always there, and remember, those are the things that make us feel bad. If we're in a setting that makes us feel bad, it doesn't matter how many nice things we stack on top of that. We're always going to have that underlying feeling of, oh, something's not quite right. You know what I mean? So if we start with the breaks and removing the breaks, then we can start to build up those accelerators and the things that make us feel good. So what are those breaks? What might that look like to you? And again, I can't speak to your experiences, but I can speak to mine. So what I had to do when I started unpacking my relationship with fitness and moving away from a dynamic that made me feel stressed and anxious and overwhelmed and also led to a disordered eating pattern, it led to like, honestly, for years and years, that's, that's still a struggle sometimes, but I've really moved away from it in, in ways that I'm really proud of. So my breaks. I could not be in an environment where fitness was predominantly about competition. So any fitness setting where I'm in direct competition with the people around me, there's going to be a score at the end of it. There's going to be some reward for moving more weight or moving faster. It's, it's not my cup of tea, just not for me. It might be for other people, but it's not for me. Another break of mine is one where quantity was valued over quality which kinds of go, kind of goes hand in hand with the last piece. So fitness settings where you're encouraged to do more, go faster, go harder, lift more weight, do more reps as much as you possibly can, as opposed to moving for quality. How are you moving? Do you feel good? Are you moving through full range of motion? Again, back to just how does it feel and does it feel good for you? Quality was an accelerator, quantity was a break. So I had to remove settings where quantity was the focus. A third break for me, and this is so critical, especially for those of you who love group sports or team dynamics, was the coaching environment. What is the philosophy of the gym or the setting or the team that you are on? What are the values of that team? And what? how does that coach lead you by example? This is something I'm I mean, obviously very, I'm, I'm very biased. I am a coach. I lead my own classes, but I can only lead with my own mindset. And for me, it is so important that people are able to be where they are at. They can come as they are on any given day, no matter what they are feeling. Fitness is a hard thing. And in my opinion, I want to, I want to show up in a fitness environment and be accepted for how I am whether I feel horrible that day, if I'm having a no good day at all, or if I'm ready to crush it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be greeted and accepted the same way that I 
wherever I am. I'm going to be greeted with a smile or wherever that person's at that day. The most important thing is ultimately that I'm just allowed to be who I am on any given day and not judge for that. So a break for me is a judgmental environment or a shaming environment or one in which I don't feel like I'm enough exactly as I am. Another break for me, this will be the last one we tie in here because I think it's so, so, so important, is one in which the people involved in that setting do not hold space for others. And this is really similar to the last point, but with a little bit of nuance. As human beings, we it's our responsibility to be aware of our own triggers. It's our responsibility to understand that how we think and feel and act is going to be different than those around us. And that we must love people in the way they want to be loved and not the way we think they should be loved or they should be coached. A mantra of mine as a coach is I give people the coaching that they want and not the coaching I think they need. So a break for me is anytime someone goes, I know better for you. No, you don't. It's my body, fam. <laughs> it's my body. It's my mind. It's my emotions. You don't know me better. You don't know my body. You don't know what works for me. Now, science has its place in terms of the fact like we have a lot to learn from anatomy textbooks and about how muscles work and musculoskeletal structure. Awesome. For sure. Absolutely. Science has a lot to teach us. But what science cannot teach us is how our own body feels. There is no textbook out there that's going to speak specifically to your experiences, to social experiences, emotional experiences, physical experiences you've had, injuries you've had, and how that relates to how you feel about movement now, how you were raised, what mentalities you were taught about fitness. There is no textbook for that. So do not ever allow someone else to tell you that they know better about your body than you do. But again, that's just my opinion. So if you would prefer to have someone else tell you, power to you, I love that for you. So those are my breaks. Again, basically overall settings in which I am, I feel like I'm judged, I'm shamed, I'm told that I should act a certain way, I'm, I'm coerced into competition or told that I should be moving faster, where competition and more reps and, and quantity is valued above quality and, and feeling your feelings and being where you're at and moving in a way that works for you. So you'll notice just by talking about the breaks, I automatically know what my accelerators are. Environments where people allow me to be myself, where I can slow it down. And if you have been in one of my classes before, you will know one of my favorite things to say is, it doesn't matter what the workout is today. If you want to at any point shut off your camera, turn off the screen or lie on the mat and just have a nap or cry, you are absolutely welcome to do so. Again, the life is really hard. Fitness doesn't need to be hard too. I mean, it's physically hard. Absolutely. It's an emotional experience, but it can be emotional in a way that feels accessible to you and warm and loving and, and a safe place to explore new hard things, as opposed to one that's already hard. And now it's got these layered elements of, of, of shame and fear and uh, judgment on top of it. We don't need that. I don't need that anyway. So to tie this up, what works for you? That's the question I wanna pose at the end of this today. What are your personal breaks 
and what are your personal accelerators when it comes to movement? Because ultimately at the end of the day, when once you have an idea of what you like and what you don't like, what gets you going, what fires you up and what holds you back, then you can start to seek an environment where you will be held that way. Because I promise you, there are fitness environments out there for everyone. And it might be going for a run. It might be yoga. It might be weightlifting. It might be Zumba. It might be a bar class. It doesn't matter. It might be boxing. And it might be each one of those on different days. You do not have to pigeonhole yourself into one form of fitness. You can do whatever feels right for you. Anything, absolutely anything. There is no wrong way to fitness or move your body. There is absolutely no wrong way. I promise you that. That's my professional opinion coming from a kinesiologist. If it does not hurt, if it is pain-free and it gives you joy and it makes you sweat, you are nailing it. So <laughs> take some time. Maybe you've reflected on those think points throughout this podcast and again, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this, to listen to my story, and, and hopefully you found something that resonated with you. But I want you to know that you are not alone, however you feel. And if you love competition and that's how you thrive, I am so happy for you. And if you love lying still and moving just a little bit, I also love that for you. You are all amazing. Thank you. Have an amazing day. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. I so appreciate it. And if you have more topics you would like to hear about or want to learn more, you can find us at abhmovement.com, abhmovement on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, or hit us up in our Empath Movement Facebook group. Have an amazing day today and thank you so much again. Thank you.